Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, I <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. Today we heard from head coach John Harbaugh and general manager Eric DaCosta in the season review press conference. So Garrett and I are going to review the biggest takeaways from that press conference. And uh, I'll start here, Garrett. First question right off the top. Didn't waste any time, reporters, asking about the rushing attempts (laughs) against the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship loss. What was your takeaway from what John said? Yeah, well, I, we expected that to be a topic today. And <laughs> yeah. the press conference today basically started, let's look back before we look forward. And uh, honestly, John Harbaugh's answer was very reminiscent of what we have said in the podcast. And and the other big takeaway that I'll, that I'll mention here is uh, you know the other elephant in the room here is that you may hear some noises here on the podcast. We have a we have a, a first time podcast guest. You're talking about Bun Bun, right? Yeah, we're talking about little Bun Bun and my daughter Betty here. So <laughs> Betty's joining the podcast. So we'll see how quiet she lasts. And she, she stays. and she brought her stuffed bunny along. Bun yes, Bun, little Bun Bun. So, so we got bu- Bun Bun on the mic. <laughs> bun Bun is going to have a lot of hot takes here. But um, no, in all honesty, so. It, what John Harbaugh said was pretty reminiscent of what you and I said on the podcast this week. You know, basically, you know, I think that they wanted to run the ball more, but the game situation did kind of play out in a way, kind of didn't force their hand. I think there were some opportunities to run the ball more, and I yeah. think that they probably wish they would have taken some of those opportunities. Yeah. But when you just look at the, the, the number at the end, it seems totally out of whack. But there are reasons why it got to that point. So it's not an excuse, but it's also recognizing basically this is game situation. But yes, there were some specific situations where they could have and probably should have run the ball more. Right. I think that John Harbaugh, like everybody else out there, when you look at the final numbers, you say, man, that's not how you win an AFC championship, right? That That's not the formula for success for us, for the Ravens. But that's not when you're in the game. And I, I went through this point by point, drive by drive and mailbag for those who are wondering. And I encourage you to go back and listen or read that. Yes, there's definitely a handful of places where you say, okay, that could have been a run. And some of them were RPOs where Lamar could have handed the ball off or it's check with me's as John Harbaugh described, which is, okay, are we going to, is this a pass or a run? Lamar's kind of making the call. And at the at, line of scrimmage. At the line of scrimmage. As we've talked about, he's empowered to make those decisions. And he, may, he felt it was better to throw. So the numbers could have certainly been higher in that regard, but they weren't. So when you go back, you definitely regret that the game went in that direction, for sure. And, and I think the flip side is, when I went back and looked at it, the Chiefs basically said to the Ravens, we dare you to take these big shots. We're going to play single high safety, and you're going to have to hit long plays on the outside. And the Ravens didn't hit them. The Chiefs hit their big plays. 
the Ravens didn't hit theirs. That's what it, it boils down to. The door was wide open for some big plays. It could have been like, you know, there were three or more touchdowns just waiting even outside of the fumble on the goal line where the Ravens really could have pulled away in this game and, and they didn't hit them. Yeah, I mean, there, there were a, a number of shots, one to <clears throat> Aguilar, one to Odell Beckham Jr. The one that was a strip sack. Strip sack. We all have seen the clip of Lamar saying to Bateman, felt like that was going to be a touchdown if he had basically a half a second more to get rid of that football. I mean, he was cocking back to throw at the exact time that the pass rusher got to him and forced the fumble. Yep. So, like, there were opportunities there, but... You know, that's part of the, the challenge in an NFL game, I think, when you are when you look back at it just from a end-of-game situation of saying, let's look back at this and look at what the box score says. It's hard to totally get a feel for game flow in that situation. Totally. I, I also think that I do think the point you made and one that John Harbaugh made was a good one, which is the RPOs, you know, run pass option. That's an option. So, like, that's mm-hmm. not a called pass play. It's not a called run play. It's an option. Right. And so when they go in the direction of pass based on the look that they're getting at the line of scrimmage, that contributes to the numbers being skewed in one direction. But that doesn't mean that the Ravens were avoiding the run. They, they called, Munkin called the possibility of a run in that situation. Right. Lamar just basically, based on what he was seeing and how that, you know, the defense and the look that he was getting, decided to go with a pass route. Just so there's no confusion about this, John Harbaugh plain said that running the ball was a heavy part of the game plan. So it wasn't that the Ravens came in and saying, you know what, we think we're just going to air it out against the Chiefs, go our wide receivers, they're going to clamp down against the run and play heavy boxes, which they did, and we're just going to throw a bunch. That was not the game plan. Kind of the way, and you know, he was asked whether the early touchdowns changed the Ravens' outlook on that. And he basically said, well, yeah, I mean, that plays into it, into the game script and how it all breaks down, but it's not like that blew up the game plan, right? Um, The game plan was to run the ball more. They intended to do that. How it flowed did impact what they were calling, and there could have been more run plays because of the RPOs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and, and then in the second half, you were to a degree playing. Once you're down ten in the fourth quarter, you know yeah. the, the fumble happened in the end zone on the first play of the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, you're basically you're passing you're, you're every play almost throwing. because you you had to score twice at <laughs> exactly. least. And you didn't know if they were going to score at all, and so that was that was the clear strategy in the fourth quarter. And in the in the first half, the Chiefs took up an entire quarter on the first two touchdown drives. They took mm-hmm. up basically an entire quarter of play on those two drives, yeah. and so that did limit some of the possibilities there. Yeah, totally. All right, let's move on from that. Yes, let's move on. Let's look uh, ahead. So Eric Tocas was also asked about the possibility of putting the franchise tag on Justin Matabike. Pretty much squashed that, uh, not squashed the notion that he could do that, <laughs> but squashed the notion that we were going to get any insight on that. He basically said, yeah, you guys are just going to be guessing the rest of this offseason on every move that we're going to make because yeah. I'm not giving you anything. So there was basically no follow-up question on Patrick <laughs> Queen and, and, and the possibility that he might return to the Ravens. Um yeah, so we, we got no insight on their thinking. You know, Eric Tocasa said, of course, when you have as many free agents as they have, you start, and, and conversations have already begun about bringing some of those guys back. But at the same time, you're not going to bring them all back. The Ravens have 23 and counting. And uh, you're not going to bring all of them back. You're going to have to rely on some young players next year to fill, step up and, and fill the spots that veterans fill this year. And of course, you'll still sign more veterans from free agency, just like the Ravens did this year, to supplement what you have. But, you know, Brandon Stevens, for example, you just look at him. Could the Ravens have have signed back Marcus Peters? They could have. Could they have gone out and spent money on a free agent? Hey, they reportedly pursued uh, the one from Philadelphia, Darius Slay. Um, But they didn't. And then, hey, Brandon Stevens stepped up and was a great player for them this year. So sometimes you have to make those, those gambles 
in air quotes, and bet on a young player to emerge. And there's going to be some of that this year. They're going to bring back some a collection of the veterans that are free agents, uh, that are pending free agents right now, and they're going to bring in new guys. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that, that Eric Tacosta basically pointed to the Lamar Jackson contract negotiations and just said, I kind of learned in going through that process, it's better to say nothing. Mm-hmm. And so that's that has shaped his approach from a public standpoint and how much he's going to say <clears throat> to a certain extent. So I thought that was an interesting point from him. The one he did, I feel like, kind of in, provide some indication on was Kevin Zeitler, who's a mm-hmm. pending free agent. And Kevin Zeitler in locker clean-out basically was like, yeah, I, I'd sign right now. Oh, right. Give me yeah, the contract right yeah, now. Yeah, put it down here. Well, let's just take care of this, you know, in the cafeteria before I head out. Yeah. Like, that was kind of the vibe that Zeitler gave off. And DaCosta said that they actually did talk recently. Mm-hmm. And so they've had conversations. And, um, you know, the offensive line is a big priority. I know that's going to be a part of the conversation that we get into here. But the offensive line is definitely a big priority. And it, it sounded like the conversations with Zeitler have, are already underway. And, uh, you know, it would not surprise me if he's back. Yep, definitely. A lot of the news since the season ended, obviously, is around the Ravens coaching staff. And, you know, we had Mike McDonald obviously left for Seattle to become their head coach, and the Ravens have hired Zach Orr to replace him. Very exciting hire there. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of consternation whenever you have changeover, turnover in the coaching staff. Mike did an awesome job the past two years, and and really this past year the Ravens defense, as we all know, was, was elite. And so there's questions of whether they can continue that. And John Harbaugh expressed his confidence in not only Zach Orr, but the whole defensive coaching staff, uh, that they can build it back up, that they can rebuild a great Ravens defense. Let's be honest, this is still the Ravens system. That's not going to change. That's part of the benefit of hiring Zach Orr, is that he knows their philosophies and this system inside and out. It's not going to change all that much. He's going to put his fingerprints on it. And they have a lot of talented defensive coaches still remaining on this staff, right? I mean, you lost Denar Wilson to Tennessee. That's another loss for them. Anthony Weaver could still leave. He's still in consideration for the defensive coordinator job in Miami. Or he might not. Hopefully he's back for selfish reasons. John Harbaugh certainly steadfast in his belief that, hey, y'all weren't saying how talented and just how loaded we are on the defensive coaching staff at the beginning of last season. I have confidence in who we have on this staff and that we can rebuild it. The Ravens have done a great job with building a defensive coaching staff. Like John Harbaugh knows how to build a great defensive coaching staff. When he made the transition from Wink Martindale to Mike McDonald, that was not this move that was applauded by every single person. I mean, honestly, early in Mike's tenure, Rex Ryan ripped Mike McDonald and the Ravens, yep. you know, for essentially moving on from Wink and, and giving the keys to Mike. And now, now she, Wink was a good friend of his. So I know, I know. There, there was obviously some <laughs> other factors at play there. But, bias going on but, there. But I do think that, like, you know. I just think that Harbaugh is going to be able to build a great defensive coaching staff. He's yep. done it time and time again. The Ravens have had a great defense essentially the entire time that he's been here. And I, I think that Mike was great. Mike is awesome. Yep. And I and I loved having him here. I think he's going to re- do really well in Seattle. But I also think Zach Orr is awesome and is a guy that I, I really have a lot of faith and belief in. You know, the biggest question challenge for him is going to be calling plays for the first time. Which John Harbaugh acknowledged. He acknowledged that. So, yeah, you, that's a consideration. And he's going to have to basically learn on the job there. And we're yep. going to work on that. And that's going to be some of the conversations that we're going to have over the course of the next few months and obviously throughout next season. So that's the biggest learning curve for him. But... I think Zach Orr is a really good, exciting hire for this team. Yeah, I mean, he's Zach's going to get a lot of practice. The way the way the Ravens run their practices, you're you're calling in plays like it's a game. Now, it's not a game, right? It's not you're not going to really know until he'll get that experience in the preseason. But 
until the bullets are live, live for the regular season. You just don't know. But Zach Orr is going to be, he's a hard worker. He's going to work really hard at doing that. That is something that I think that's one of the biggest questions about Zach Orr is he just doesn't have that. Mike had the one year calling plays at Michigan. That was beneficial to him in doing it at the NFL. Zach doesn't have that, but he's called plays on the field as a player. He's called out a lot of plays and uh, another just couple other points about John Harbaugh and his coaching staff, specifically about Zach Orr. He said he really likes having a defensive coordinator that come, came from coaching linebackers. That's been the tradition. Mike McDonald coached the Ravens linebackers before he went to Michigan. Uh, before that, Wink Martindale coached the Ravens linebackers. Dean Pease coached the Ravens linebackers. So he's, John Harbaugh said there's really a benefit to kind of knowing the whole defense and the whole system and how it's structured when you are coming from that perspective with that experience. So that was interesting. And I thought he said about Zach Orr, Eric Tacasa said pretty point blank, like, I think this guy could be a, was it Eric or John said he'll be a head coach uh, in the future sometime. And then John specifically said about Anthony Weaver that basically teams miss their opportunity, that he thinks he's going to be a great head coach someday and teams missed out on this hiring cycle. Yeah, I I do think it could be a situation where you look back, and this is what John basically made the point of, you look back and you say, how did Anthony Weaver not get hired at that time? I think he... You know, I think wouldn't surprise me at all next year if he gets hired. Felt a little bit bad for him. This is a guy who I think is ready to be a head coach and is really smart, talented guy who who would be a, a just an excellent head coach. I mean, he just he has a CEO, you know, mindset and ability about him. I just think that he has he would do a great job of coaching the entire team. And um, you know, I think guy. he'll. He's a super smart guy. Yeah. Super smart guy. We're very well respected former player. So whenever he does get his shot, I think that he will capitalize and make the most on it. So let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll give you some other thoughts and takeaways from the presser. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. 
We're coming to you from the SeatGeek studio. We want to give a shout-out to DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the Baltimore Ravens. They've got an offer running right now you don't want to miss. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the promo code FLOCK. You can get a $1,000 deposit bonus if you use that promo code FLOCK. You need to be at least 21 years or older to play and physically present in Maryland. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, you know, one of the other things that was... uh, you know, a, a takeaway from me and something that Eric DaCosta really stressed is you try to read the tea leaves here. I do think the offensive line is a massive priority for this team going into the offseason. There's a lot of question marks there. You know, I mean, Ronnie Stanley, by his own admission, did not have his best season. He's dealt with injuries for several years in a row now, and he's getting older. So, you know, you definitely need to at least start thinking about what the future looks like at left tackle. Morgan Moses is debating whether he's going to have surgery this offseason, another veteran. You have a free agent. Both your guards are free agents, John Simpson and Kevin Zeitler. So whereas last offseason, the Ravens knew four of their five starters who were returning, and you felt really good health-wise, everything. You were very stable in the offensive line. You had one big question mark at left guard. Now you have a lot of questions. And Eric DaCosta certainly stressed that offensive line is is always going to be very important in Baltimore. Even He even made a, a quip even if my kid doesn't really think so, uh, offensive line is is not the sexiest, but really important in Baltimore. I mean, they ran, they run the ball more than really any team in the league. Um, so when you run the ball that much, when you have a franchise quarterback like Lamar Jackson, when you want to give him time and create avenues for him to run, uh, then you certainly need a strong offensive line. That's where it starts for this team. Yeah, I think... You know, the Ronnie piece is, is certainly a big question. Um, you know, do you, do you draft a left tackle or a potential, you know, replacement there? You know, you're drafting, you're picking at 30. So getting a plug-and-play left tackle is a little challenging at that point, mm-hmm. but it's possible. Um, you know, Ronnie is under contract, so I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Ronnie's not on the team next year. He certainly could be. You no, know, I think certainly, that, yeah. You know, I think that, just to make that clear, I mean, yeah, I yeah. think that, um, you know, Ronnie, again, he's yeah. under contract for next yeah, season. They said he's, he needs a big offseason. Yeah. A big offseason for Ronnie. He needs to get healthy. He needs to get stronger. He needs to get better. He needs to get back to the Ronnie Stanley that we knew previously. Yeah, I, I, it just wouldn't surprise me at all if the Ravens end up adding some veterans, just like they did a couple years ago with Kevin Zeitler and Morgan Moses. Like I could see a similar situation where they end up adding some some veterans or, or a veteran to this offensive line. I don't know. I honestly don't know what position that would be because Morgan Moses is also under contract for next year. So mm-hmm. And so if you bring back Zeitler, are you talking about adding a left guard? Maybe, but I, I think that there could be a veteran that's added to this group. I just, I just, when I, in listening to DaCosta, it just sounded to me like, from a very big picture standpoint, offensive line's critical. Everybody can say that, but the Ravens really believe in the importance of the offensive line, and I think they're going to invest in that area this offseason. Looking more broadly offensively, I think that the Ravens are, are really, John Harbaugh's really excited about the future offensively. Now, we all had a, have a bitter taste in our mouth for the way the AFC Championship game went, and we already talked about that with the running game and whatnot. But when you step back and look at this offense, it did really well under year one under Todd Munkin. You know, having a whole new offense, a whole new system, Lamar's first year in doing that, him really getting the keys and being empowered in this offense, it was one of the best offenses in the league. You know, and they and they were scoring 30-plus points against really good teams, really good defenses late in the year. It was clicking. So John Harbaugh, you know, to kind of look at the positives here, coming off a, a, a bitter loss... He feels like in year two with Lamar and the empowerment that he's getting, it every day won't be a new day, as he put it. That that there can be big strides made offensively just because of the familiarity that Lamar and the rest of the offense has with Todd Munkin's system. 
Yeah, then even looking position-wise again at wide receiver, they've got a confidence in this receiver group. Questions, though. Odell Beckham Jr. You know, is essentially a free agent. Nelson Aguilar is a free agent. Mm-hmm. Now, do they bring them? Do they bring them back? We'll have to wait and see. Rashad Bateman, they have to make a decision on the fifth year option for him. And you know, regardless, he is even if they decide not to do the fifth year option for him, he's still under contract for next year. But John Harbaugh and Eric DeCosta both said, and looking into next year, like Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman, they view them as the starting wide receivers. Right, and so. They expect them to be the kind of the key drivers of this passing game. Zay certainly had a, a, a remarkable rookie season. Lots to be excited about there. Bateman was healthy this year, which was big for him, and they expect him to take a big step, it sounds like, next year. Yeah, certainly. That was one of the bigger takeaways for me was they feel like Rashad Bateman has a great future. And John Harbaugh talked about how he's become a, a really great route runner. Now, you know, there, there just weren't a lot of connections between he and Lamar Jackson this year. But that's something that certainly can develop. Uh, and and you see the talent with Rashad Bateman. It's there. He's getting open. It's just that that connection wasn't made. So he'll get the reps next year. John Harbaugh was pretty clear about that, that he's going to get a lot of opportunities next year. And in a year, year critical year four for him, you hope that he can stay healthy and, and he has the talent to maximize those opportunities for sure. So then the other position group I want to hit, running backs. Obviously, a ton of questions there. You know, the only guy under contract next year was Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell. So Keaton Mitchell come back from a torn ACL. So obviously, big questions on as to when he'll be back in full strength. Justice Hill is under contract, and he showed a lot this year. But Gus Edwards, free agent. J.K. Dobbins, free agent. I think that the Ravens will invest at running back, whether that's through free agency or the draft. I don't know which one. But I, I do expect them to make some significant, potentially, investment at the running back position this offseason. Yep. And then lastly, just an injury update. Uh, Marcus Williams is not going to have surgery on his pectoral injury that he played through uh, for much of the season. Morgan Moses, as we said, is still deciding whether he is going to have surgery on his, I think it's his shoulder. And and then lastly, uh, Adafi Owe had thumb surgery. Um, So he'll be fine four to six weeks on that. But that's just another kind of cleanup procedure. Not a lot of off-season surgeries, John Harbaugh says. So that's good for the off-season and, and kind of building back up for the Ravens. Big picture, just to, to end things here. Clearly, you know, John Harbaugh said he was heartbroken after the Ravens lost to the Chiefs, as we all were. There were big expectations. They, they had the team. They knew they had the team that could win it all. But Overall, projected a lot of positivity looking forward. You know, you can't, you just can't dwell in it, right? Like, that doesn't serve anybody. Eric Costa went to the Senior Bowl the very next day. You have to turn the page quickly. Coaching changes and all that stuff. Like, this, John Harbaugh and Eric Costa certainly emanated. Yeah, it's disappointing. We were really upset. We were heartbroken, gut wrenching, all the, all the adjectives that you want to use about that loss. But, like, you, you just can't be, stay in that place. And, and I think they do a really good job of moving on quickly and taking a positive, positive attitude on we're going to rebuild Eric Costa said he's not a guy that believes in in the window closing the window stays open and it's his job to rebuild this and keep the window open and that's the way he sees it this offseason that was my big takeaway from a big picture standpoint yep. there's been a, I think a, the feeling in Baltimore right now is this was the special team this was the window and and you know we said that a lot coming into this postseason run that we felt like this was the team that had the potential to do it yep but Eric DaCosta's mindset and the Ravens' mindset is it wasn't the only team that has the potential to do it. Right. You know, we can, we, we're going to draft well, we're going to develop players, we're going to have a great coaching staff. The window is still very much open. 
still have Lamar Jackson at quarterback, still have all pros and, and Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton. The future is bright for this team. The Ravens feel that way from a personnel standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, from just an overall big picture standpoint. And so they're optimistic looking ahead. And uh, I think Ravens fans should be as well. So we appreciate you listening. As always, you can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. We'll keep you posted on all the moves and actions going on right now from the coaching front and all this stuff happening. Uh, I know it's the off season, but we're not going anywhere. So send us your emails and we'll be back with you again soon. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.